Hi, welcome to the PDYC podcast. The purpose-driven youth chapel of Calvary Baptist Church at Oraka is a youth ministry for young adults and the young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message. discussion and I believe and I'm trusting God that as the discussions are going on the Holy Spirit himself will speak to us he will minister to us some of the submissions will change our mentality hallelujah and it shall be well with us amen so let's welcome to our small podium our small setting the wife of our senior pastor elect, Mrs. Miriam. Oh, let's clap, let's clap well. Hallelujah. Again, let's welcome one of the seasoned marriage counselors in our midst. Uh, when you go for the counseling class, you meet them. In fact, they taught, they taught us finance in the class. I said, ah, but this man is a pharmacist. Why is he talking about finance? And he has a lot of business ideas embedded in the in the in the gumption. Hallelujah. Let's welcome to our small podium, Mr. and Mrs. Akolache. Amen. Oh, let's clap and do it better. Let's clap. Let's clap to the seats. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do it better. Oh, you can do it better. Amen. So, Our distinguished panelists, we are glad to have you, and we know God will speak to us through you. Amen. Amen. So, um, this is how it's going to be. Uh, each panelist will speak, just an intro, five minutes to the topic. Then we have some questions already. So, uh, Abigail and Quincy, uh, they are our family life rep in the youth chapel. Hallelujah. Oh, let's see them. Let's see them. Let's clap for them. Oh, they like fans. Oh, they like fans. So they will help facilitate the program. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for this afternoon. It's afternoon. All right. So we thank God for this afternoon. We thank God for the reading of his word and for this discussion. So maybe a little intro before I start. I mean... Um, it's Christian relationships in the home. What I want to say is that it starts with us who form the foundation of the home, a man and a woman being Christians. So if we are not Christians, we definitely cannot have a Christian home. And so the man and the woman, the couple who come together are the foundation of the home and their foundation for a Christian home is Jesus Christ. Having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior makes, prepares the foundation for Christian relationships in the home because the home is being built by the two who come together. 
And what I want to say is that it is not automatic because when we come together, I think usually at the wedding they'll say, and when it is the will of God, he blesses us with the fruit of the womb. But that is in the context in which children come. And then we begin to expand the family. But it is not automatic. You can be the uh, bishop with all the anointing, but you might end up with a home where there's no, the Christian relationships are not there. Your children cannot be testimonies of Christians. So I just give two examples. Ellie, the, the priest who Samuel went to understudy. One of the reasons Samuel came in was that God was upset with Ellie because his children didn't turn out well. And we all know, when you look at 1 Samuel 2, you see what was going on. And sadly, when you got to Samuel's time, when you get to 1 Samuel chapter 8, the same thing happened. So all I just want to use these two scriptures to show us that it is not automatic. Something has to happen. And the scripture we read this afternoon, you can see that, I mean, even before chapter 6, the previous weeks we have been reading about wives and husbands, the relationship. So it is like God has set a standard. And this scripture we have read, there's a replica in Colossians 3, 20 and 21. And there they say, I mean, the writers of the Bible write guidelines, guidelines for family, things like that, guidelines. So God didn't leave anybody out. God gave instructions to the wife. God gave instructions to the husband. God gave instructions to the children. And interestingly, when he gets there, God singles the father out and gives instruction to him. And when you go read on, he gives instructions to slaves. That was the context. But in this our day and age, living with people, house helps are coming to our home. God has given all of us in the four walls of our home instructions. And the underlining principle is that we all should follow our instructions out of reverence for God. Out of reverence for God. He says, do it as if you are doing it unto the Lord. And if we do that, take those guidelines God has given to us and decide that if God was sitting here and he asked me to do this, I will obey it. So I am doing it even when I don't see him physically. We do that. We will create an environment where there will be Christian relationships in our homes. Amen. Thank you very much, um, our mother. You said a lot. Um, I would also want to add just something small. I looked at uh, what relationship is. Now, relationship is a state of being uh, connected. It can be people or, you know, but in this uh, instance, we are talking about the family, so state of being connected by blood or marriage. Um, and a Christian, like our mom said, is a follower of Christ. So a follower of Christ tries to live according to um, 
what the Bible says or what Christ says we should do. We, so in the Christian home, everyone tries to live according to the word of God. We, can, we have to be praying, studying the Bible together, and uh, participating in church activities and all that. Now, when the Bible also says that children should obey their parents in the Lord, as we just read, it is the only um, verse or Bible that comes with a promise. And so, for me, um, we are supposed, the children are supposed to obey because for me it's a command. And once it's a command, it's not, I, it's not like whether the mother or the father, that's what the child likes or not. Because if you want to enjoy the promise and live long, you have to. It is easier said than done, I always say. But then um, the parents too are accountable to the Lord for what's, how they handle their children because they are supposed to bring them up in the Lord. So, if, if they are not doing what they are supposed to do, I, I pray that the children will not say that because my mother or my father is not doing this and that, I will not obey. Because there are benefits. Um, long life, success in life, and then once you are also uh, doing that, you even provoke your parents to love you more. And then they will not, like you say, fathers don't provoke your children and, and all that. So we all need to um, live according to what the word of God says. Thank you. Hallelujah. I prefer to stand, if you please. Remember they started a, it's a contemporary youth service, right? So these you boys, small boys and girls, right? It was here and then, I don't know what I led or I think I presented, right? The worship that the youth worshiped then. Did she got scared? <laughs> Pastor Kwezi was here, young man. Some dance he danced there. Eh? The man danced and removed his jacket. He danced and danced, removed his jacket. Occasionally, when I see him, I repeat for him what he did that day, then you laugh. So much energy. Youth has energy, right? So when I come among the youth, I, I feel your energy too. So much mental, emotional, and physical energy, right? We'll have to see this demonstrated here before we close. Hallelujah. Amen. Even the way I say the ah. So today we come for a transformation. Transform lives, eh? Once we are rooted. Everybody say rooted. rooted eh? You see, you must show some emotion, right? Every presenter is a storyteller. Oh. Because if I come and tell you uh, this medicine, you have to take it two times, it is boring. So when I present, I like to add style to it, right? 
I'm catching some responses that is making me excited. That means a lot can happen here today. It depends on you. Hallelujah. You boy, you cut the scripture short. You say, don't exasperate your children. To what? Wrath, right? Mm. Don't provoke your children in there. Don't provoke them to what? Anger. Then they get frustrated. Started from verse 4. See, everybody say divine provocation. That one is allowed, you know that. <laughs> divine provocation. We have to provoke you. Eh? Divine provocation. If it's going wrong, we have, to, we, have to, we have to provoke you. Provoke you. When you are doing it, you see the results. I'll give you an illustration. A man said, his son, the twins, oh, the girl was always learning. The boy will not learn. My father has money. My father has money. Ask them, my children, do not. I'm not wiggle. I'm, I'm not the sweet father. I wasn't called to be what? A sweet father. I was called to be what? A strong father. In fact, when you tell me, oh, sweet father, you're actually, that's not complimentary. I'm not called to be sweet. Hey, let the woman be sweet. But some of them might be strong. I'm a strong father. When I go to the office and I talk to them, I say, listen, listen, listen. Even my children, they have to do it right. My son, I strengthen him. So why do you treat him like that? That's my, my sister. I say, hey, when he gets married, and I like the woman, it's like my daughter. I have to straighten him up before, before he gets married. Uh-huh. I have to straighten him up. When the bell rings, Dela, he has to go. The bell will ring, Dela. My sister said, ah, why do you allow only Dela to go? I said, hey, he must be the strong man in the household to protect the woman in his home, right? So when the bell rings, he must go. He's a strong man. Hallelujah. So we'll provoke you by what? Divine provocations, okay? Now, the Bible says that children obey your parents in the Lord. You either obey or you disrespect. The highest honor that you can give anybody. What is it? Any, 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 anybody raise your hand? What's the highest honor you can give somebody? You see now. That means you're not, you're not giving honor your parents. What's the highest, highest honor you can give anybody? Just say nothing is wrong. If you are wrong, we we'll correct you. That's why we are here, right? What's the highest honor I can give anybody? I didn't hear nothing, eh? Respect, the highest honor. And how do you show your, your respect to that person? Sorry. By obeying them. I didn't like the way you pronounce my name. Please, I beg, don't do that again. I can't pronounce my name some way, B. Eh? The highest honor you can give anybody's word is to take them at, your, at their word. In fact, the highest honor I can give God is what? Take him at his word. That's the highest honor. He said his word, he has an honored, eh? he has above all his names. So when you are sacrificing, they say, my bet, I bet, I bet. First, just take me at my word. The highest honor. So obey your parents in the Lord. Your first illustration of God is your parents. He says, obey them in the Lord. Then you want to sacrifice. Daddy, do you like this? Not very much. Strong daddy, right? Obey my word first, right? Obey your parents in the Lord first. That's the highest honor we can give our parents. In fact, the route to success starts from the parents. There are many people searching for success. Don't find it. Am I right? Don't find it. So we go to the, to the foundation rooted in Christ. We go to the foundation and do a realignment 
today you might begin to see a realignment in your own life. Amen. The realignment is dependent on how you relate with your parents. A realignment. You might be going up a wall. I'm climbing up, I'm climbing up. You may be going up the wrong wall. Or a ladder. You are climbing the ladder of success. You are climbing the ladder of success. So you are going up the wrong ladder if you don't know, right? There might be a realignment from the home. It starts with honoring your parents. Honoring your parents by what? Obeying them first, right? Amen. Obey them first. The same with God too. We obey his word first. He said he has honored his word above all his names. Obey him. Want to sacrifice? He points you to Saul. So, so, obedience is better than sacrifice. It's what you do in Christ's witchcraft. Eh? Witchcraft. There's rebelliousness in all of us. The solution to that. Because when you're rebellious, you disrespect. It's pride and arrogance, right? When you see anybody falling, what does it mean? Any help for me? I'll be going to say five minutes here. When I start, I, I don't stop. So, you see why I allowed them to talk first? Uh-huh. So, the discussion has started. What, what was I saying? I said, what, what did I say? You see, you see, you're not listening. What did I say? Oh, loud, loud. When somebody is what? Hey, when you fall, what does it mean? Before you fall, there's something like that has happened before you fall. Or, when you see anybody falling, it means that the person has what has shown what. But, excuse me. Ash, when you see somebody falling, somebody must talk to you. Before a fall, there's what. Before distraction, there's what. One before distraction, before a fall, there's there's pride, there's arrogance. So when you see somebody falling or getting destroyed, what preceded that fall or that distraction is what pride and what. Arrogance. Is that in the Bible? You can't fall or be destroyed without showing pride or arrogance. Uh-huh. We have said here that to obey, to obey, to obey God, right? It's a sign of respect. It's a sign that you have come down with rebelliousness and with arrogance and with pride so that you can succeed. Success starts with obedience to God. Good success does this obedience to God. Obedience to God first, right? Obedience to God. And God says, obey your parents in the Lord. It means that that's the way to success. If any young person thinks he's succeeding, he's put his family aside. He's not succeeding. It's a trick of a devil. That's why he said he failed. Satan, he failed, right? Rebelliousness. Pride and arrogance. I'll stop here for now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, our panelists have shared a lot with us. So um, we'd like to hear from you what you've learned from what they said so far. And if there are any questions, um, you can, if you cannot speak to the mic, you can um, write it down and then we'll read it out. So anyone who wants to share what he or she has learned so far, you can put up your hand. Please, if you need a sheet of paper, just raise your hand so that you put down your question so that we can read it. Thank you for your submissions. I learned that if I want to be successful, I have to obey my parents. So I hand, I hand over the mic to patients to continue. <laughs> Thank you. I have also learned that when it comes to the Christian home, 
the man and the woman are the foundation and both of them should know Christ because if they don't know Christ then they're not going to be able to build a Christian home. Okay, I also learned that the highest honor you can give someone is respect. <laughs> okay, so I also learned that, um, like um, Michael Franz said, um, we should obey our parents in the Lord, not with conditions or as and when it's convenient for us. And that we should also trust the Lord or, um, like, keep, keep, like, trust the Lord because... Um, he, Agnes is weird above every other thing. Okay. Any questions so far? Okay, so I have a question. Um, growing up, um, I knew this young lady when she was in her teens. Her mother was engaging, like was having an, uh, a conversation with her. And in the conversation, the mother was saying that when she goes out to sleep with men, she shouldn't sleep with them for free. She should take money from them. Now, would you, in this context, say that since it's her mother who is her parent, she needs to obey the mother? Um, I, I would say, um, in the first place, that act itself is a sin. And uh, fornication, God frowns on uh, fornication. So even for the mother to accept what the child is doing is um, is not in a, a, a good state, I, I, I must say. And then, and so because of that, I think the child shouldn't obey the parents she should she shouldn't even have started that relationship at all so uh, the mother shouldn't have endorsed it and so it is something that um, the child is i mean obey your parents in the lord means that it should be according to what the Bible says or what uh, God wants you to do. And so I, I, I would say that um, she shouldn't uh, do it or obey the mother. Thank you. It's the mother's issue, so the mother's taking up, I'm sure. So I think uh, mommy has said, has said it all. That it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, so that commander came from the mother. And God's word does not negate each other. There's God's word. And actually, this children obey your parents in the Lord is part of the Ten Commandments. There in the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not commit adultery. And of course, adultery will say when the person is my by the same thing, fornication, whatever it is. And so those two things cannot negate. And it says, obey your parents in the Lord. It is wrong in the sight of God. And so the person giving the foundation command is wrong in his sight. So you cannot say you are listening to the mother in this circumstance. Thank you. Okay. I'll add my little bit.
Now, the first question is that there might be a problem in that home, right? Where is the father in the home? The mother gave instructions. Where is the father in the home? When fa father and mother must speak with one voice, so there's a balance and safety. Amen? If the, the child would know that there's something wrong with that instruction that she has been given by the mother, it's important she seeks the father's side as well and catch the two parents together and ask, what should I do? Or the impression is that possibly there's no father in that home. I mean, the home is already dysfunctional. And there are reasons why some homes are dysfunctional. Sometimes the problem that people encounter and the solution is not just from their generational. Maybe generations past. Right? But God's word speaks to all generations. Says, Obey your parents in the Lord. Now, every home must have some values and core values. You see, we expect that core values in your home. When, when you go, go and ask your parents, what are our core values as a, as a family? If you are here with your siblings, meet with your parents. What are our values here as a home, as a family? And which are the core? I haven't met this fully. Today, I ask my children again. They are two still in the house. What are our core values? And they told me what the core values are. It's supposed to be on the plaque the wall in the home. So every day they see it. Every day they read it. They must have it. When we go out, even to have fun, they must see it, right? When we come to eat, they must see it. When we lie down, everybody must see it. These are our core values so that it enters the innermost part of our beings. To enter the very matrix of our beings. Do you hear me? We have filled that in the, to a large extent. Parents have. When I was growing up, I didn't see anything like that on the wall. My dad brought some plaque. He who replaces uh, evil for good. Something evil will never leave his home. I, I didn't know what he meant by that. It just appeared suddenly. No, he didn't tell us anything. He just came and posted it there. I don't know whether he was even reading it himself. At least he posted something there. Right? Core values. The core values is the way that your family expects that you excel. Your well-being. Right? And your longevity in life. It's core values. Daddy and mommy must agree on that. And present it as the core values. When, when the children also live, they, can, they might choose those or determine others. As they are led by the Spirit of God. Right? Our core values are three. Leadership. Clean your own mess to start with. Clean your own mess to start with. What does it mean? There will be other messes to be cleaned up. Apart from cleaning your own, other messes will come with clean up. So, you are teaching what? Leadership. Leadership skills. You must serve others. And two, mental alertness. The Lord demands it. A Christian child shouldn't be called twice before he responds. I you are mentally dull. I said, when you obey this, you, you go anywhere in this, in this world that will tell you that you are mentally dull. If they dare mention that, come and see, they should come and see me. You can't be mentally dull. A Christian child should be called twice before he responds. Strong, but not really military. When I call you, 5 a.m., must get up and say, Daddy, you shouldn't wait for me to call you a second time. You'll be strong. 
You don't even know whether there's an emergency. Then you are still lying there and stretching yourself. No way, no way. Do you remember uh, uh, Samuel? He ran to, when they, he heard a voice in the night. He didn't say, mm, Daddy, I'm sleeping. You saw how far Samuel went. He went to see Ellie. He said, I didn't call you. He heard a voice again. He still got up and saw him. He said, I did not call you. But then he said, Look, when he calls again, so, 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 and so. If you don't respond, you miss God's voice. Most times we don't hear God speak. Home. I see many young people, eh? and the Lord told me, and I don't believe it. And the Lord told me, and the Lord told me, the Lord told you what? You got miss principle. When a God tells, speaks to you, power, he's always saying, Give, 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 forgive, forgive, give, give. I say, the Lord told you what? He never told you to forgive or to give. Have serious issues with that voice you listen to. Am I still on track? Am I still on track? I'm still on track, right? You should go and sleep together. That, that thing started from a previous generation, right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe. If your father listened to his parents, you may not have married that woman. But it was his decision, right? And you are, you are a consequence of that decision. Go and sleep with men and make sure you get money. And people are living that, you know. Some offer themselves. And they are so close all around. Some say, okay, you can even sleep with men. So it keeps on deteriorating. That's why you need core values in your home. The core values determine your boundaries. Your boundaries. So the protection you have as a family, as a person, is determined by the core values you have. So nobody will tell you in school, do this, do that. Eh? When an adult does you don't say do that, he said, me, me, what? You know you have values. And when you speak with people, your values begin to speak. They, they hear your values in your voice. Amen? I'll sit down briefly. Okay. So we have some questions here um, from the audience and they go as follows. How do you deal with parents who press your trigger points? Okay, there's one more. Is it right or how can, how can for a child, give me a minute, <laughs> process it. Okay, I'll read that later. Um, so second question. How do you address a distance relationship with your parents? In a case where the parent is difficult and doesn't support the child, how do you honor? I think we'll take these two for now. So, I mean, the first question I had was, how do you deal with parents who press your trigger points? Okay. So, in hearing trigger points, I mean, there's some lexicon among youth these days that you are not too sure. So let me validate the, the trigger point. That means the things that make you upset, right? All right. So, I mean, just on a lighter note, there was a last week, or the week before, I went for some musical program. There's a young lady who, were you there? Okay. There was a young lady, I think Professor Katie's grandchild or great-grandchild. So 
she has written a musical piece herself, and she plays it. I think she's 11. She said she wrote it around when she was 10 or 9. And what happened was that she was walk, she, the parents woke her up at dawn to do her chores. And she says she doesn't like doing household chores. So I think she was upset. And in that state, she wrote that beautiful piece of music. So she calls it something about dawn, the break of dawn or something. And so then she said then the parents should upset her more or give her more chores to do so that she can write more beautiful music. I'm following the stead of my father. See, once you bring trigger points, tells me that there's something that upsets you and makes you angry. And so you are holding on to that and saying, as for me, this is what makes me angry. And once you touch it, I will explode. So if we look at it from that premise, I think that once you think that is a trigger point, it means it is time to do something about it. When we come to God as children of God, we don't come in perfection. We come with our weaknesses. And so rather than hold up the trigger point as something that is to be celebrated and to be worshipped and adored by your parents, begin to raise it up as I want to deal with this thing which is a trigger point. Because you will not stay in your home forever. You will marry. You will go to work. And somebody will press your trigger point. And what would you do? This morning, this morning, some issues came up last night based on where I work. And the way the issues were going on the platform, at dawn, I saw somebody typing, typing, and knowing that person, I immediately called him and I said, I beg you, don't type now. Calm down before you type. You see, because on that platform, there are ministers, deputy ministers on that platform, chief executives on that platform. And I know, that I know him. And what had been put there this dawn, I knew what he was going to type was going to be explosive. Sometimes after the thing has come out, you cannot collect it. So once you have identified trigger points, it means that there is a problem that has to be dealt with, and it is an anger problem. So, tell God, this particular thing, it makes me upset. Please help me. Now, as, we are, as God is dealing with that, we come to the parents. I don't know what it is, but you might have to have a discussion with your mother or your father. Not when you are angry. So, mommy, sometimes in the morning, I am a bit slow because of this. Can, and sometimes that's how come it comes like that. That is not my intention. So I hear you, I will do it. Can we please have a discussion? And when you get to a certain age, when you are younger, the, both parents and um, children who are growing up, the engagement and how you, you relate is a bit different. As you begin to grow, 
you should begin to find a way to engage your parents and speak about it. Not out of disrespect. Remember, you have to obey them. But there should be a relationship. And so talk about that issue which you think brings about the problem. Sometimes it's a towel you drop. There are little, little things that parents, I am a parent now, and so I know that parents also get upset. Sometimes you say one thing to somebody, the person keeps doing it. And so maybe by the time the mother will call you, just the, the name, as the children say, they know some names. When you call, I say, yeah, he knows that everything is fine. I say, he knows that there's trouble. And I'm sure every child can identify with that. And so just hearing that tone, it's possible it's what is triggering you. But question is, what are you also doing to bring about that tone? That's one. But if you think it's an issue that is persistent, once there's a trigger point, there's an anger problem there. Go to God for help and have a discussion with your parents. That is what I will say. Thank you. Amen. Trigger points. Thank you very much. I mean, so for my Trigger points. I mean, you already have a serious challenge there, right? But here, I think the focus is on the fathers. Sometimes it's sad. You have an absentee father, for example. He suddenly appears and wants to play the role of father. You are hurt. You have been neglected for so long. You've been in school. You have seen how your colleagues, parents uh, uh, relate with them. Here you are, your father is not there. There was a, a, a top person here, professional and a person, deacon in this church. Still is. So the father wasn't there. When, it got, when the mother got pregnant with him, the father deserted her and the pregnancy. So they stayed in one room. And when it rained, the water would leak and enter the room. They went through a lot. If I have so many people in that such situations, so something is wrong. Became a top lawyer, worked at the Registrar General's department. One day, the father's friend came and saw him there. And when they told the father that your son is not a big man at Registrar General's department, there's a lawyer there. So the father beat his way to the Registrar General's department to go and see his son. We met in the, the son be like, yes, what do you want? And he spoke about what he wanted. Then he said he wanted, uh, if you could buy him some uh, sandwich eh, and that. He said, look at him, fancy man. This serious meeting we should have, they're talking about sandwiches and all that, right? Now, one experience that guy had, very sad, that he'd be playing on the streets in his neighborhood with his friends. Oh, so sad. He said, fathers who close from work and come and whip his, their children off the street. Get off the street. What are you doing here at this time? They all get off the street. Then he'll be there oh, alone. Alone. Nobody to whip him. He said, he said, he, said he wished that if someone would come and whip him and also ask him to get off the street. But there was no father. So there are many situations where children are hurt. Absentee father, or a bad relationship with the father, 
We expect the father to set the relationship right from the beginning. It's a bad relationship. The father must heal. But then now, we are not talking about fathers. We're talking about the children now, here in this room. Hmm? Not the children. There are all kinds of attitudes that we have concerning our fathers. Most of them, they are old. They will pass away in how many years' time? Right? Our focus is on you, the new generation. Right? Those things should not damage you. If you are damaged, fine, you'll be healed, right? In fact, if you come to me and you bring a man or woman who is damaged, damaged, you know what I mean? I will discourage you. Unless you have heard from God. Do you hear me? We are all damaged. But some are damaged, damaged, right? First, I will check the background. My son will say he Tell the sisters, and uh, uh, this lady, when the ladies come like that, he wants to make sure that uh, uh, by the time he brings them to daddy, daddy will give his approval. And I don't want to fall in love with them. Then when he brings to daddy, daddy will not give his approval. That means he's seen that some people are what? Damage, damage. They may come from the US. Right? They're damage, damage. And he seems to have some attraction between him and ladies who are in the US. Uh, uh, and then one day we went out. Man, what with auntie? You want to buy ice cream? They took me out to go and buy ice cream for mommy and I. And then he was bossing with us. He mentioned this one. This is what happened. What happened? He says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Some are damaged, damaged. Most times it's the fathers. But in this particular case, it's the mother who is damaged. The father we don't know, right? But there's a, that's a still a dysfunctional family. If you find yourself in a situation where your daddy wants you to do something wrong, it's important to seek your mother's opinion. And make sure you approach them to, uh, uh, together. Do you understand me? And find out what they say. They must speak with what? One voice. That's why there are two parents. God says he hates divorce because what? Uh, he wants godly offspring. If they have messed up, they shouldn't bring their mess up and their uh, 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 marriage mess up into your life. They should they stay together because God wants you to do what? Godly. If the, if the mother says, when you sleep with men, what I say about when I sleep? Say, if, because I will not sleep with men. If you have the word of God in you at this age, you must correct it. You say, hmm, 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 I've lived longer than you. You just came how many years ago, 26 years ago. You want to detect to me? You are not detecting to her. You are just telling her, what is? That, mommy, anything you want, I will be. So long as it's an agreement with God's word. That respect I will give you to wake up. To wake up, right? To wake up. Yeah. So some parents give trouble. They humiliate you before your friends. One day, my son, I was, today I'm only talking about my son, not my daughter. So my son brought up some matter and I gave it to him. My sister rebuked me. I come directly after her. She was in town. She rebuked me. Then, why, 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 did do, why did you do that? I said, What did I do? You humiliated him before his. Uh, his girlfriend. I didn't see it like that. I didn't see it like that. But later, I thought about it. If a third party should see it like that, somebody's whose, whose opinion I would take, then I did too much, right? As I prepared today, I said, hey, where's your girlfriend? We haven't seen her in a very long time. Is there she's around? I said, we must see her again one of these days. I'll have to now go and apologize one way or the other. I may have to write a note and send to him. Or vice versa. When you also do wrong, write a note or call and speak. But send information across. 
that what you did to me, I was so hurt. So I thought I'll let you know. This is how I felt. But daddy, I've forgiven you. Okay, let's move on together. It's in your best interest. What we are discussing here today is in what? Your best interest. Under illustration, a lady here said, hey, hey, Daddy, daddy. I don't like people calling me daddy. Yo. There's something wrong. Most of them when they're lady, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. There's one lady here, prayer warrior. When I get you, know, daddy, it's from right inside. One day I spoke everywhere because of her name. So, daddy, I don't understand that. It gives me an indication what's happening. That daddy might be very absent. So she was trying to place me in the position of what? Daddy. I said, just call me uncle. I'm okay with that. Eh? I don't like this daddy, daddy thing. I don't have a fight with your daddy. So this is what I want to also in this church. Daddy. Oh, what? I said, call me uncle, okay? Fine. <laughs> Those who know me as daddy, girl, have some problems with me. They also want to add your own to you. Every day, eh? As for daddy, he doesn't do anything. He only reads the papers, maybe Lotto, and then waits for his rent. Doesn't do anything. I said, it's none of your business. So, uncle, eh, eh, and that, even our school fees, it was the church that paid. University, they shut up. On and on. Oh, uncle, you know, you know, even in the, at the university, we had to sell biscuits to, to buy our parts. Said, so what? The one time I asked her, where does your mom sleep? Do you sleep with your mom? She says, yes. Whose bedroom? My bedroom. I said, you know, in your best interest, get your mom to go to her own bedroom or go and stay with her husband. Before you came, she had a husband, right? Let him go and stay with her husband in, her, in their own bedroom or she go to her own bedroom. When you sleep in the same bedroom with your mother, you create problems. Whatever problem they have, she has with your father, she will translate it to you. Eh? Either get her out, if she can't move out, you move out of the bedroom, leave her there. Right? That's why you talk to your, about your father the way you do. I said, eh? Your younger sister, I counsel her. When she got married, who gave her away? She said, daddy. When you also get married, who will give you away? She said, daddy. But daddy had been presented as a useless, useless man. Always head from one side, one side, one side, one side. So they wrote up daddy. So that's a provocation. Extreme frustration in the way he has paid for things or handled things physically, emotionally. Maybe he didn't play the role as the, as the, uh, the priest in the home. Maybe he didn't fulfill his roles. So everybody's angry with him. Let's forget about him for now. The focus is on you. Let's do the right thing. If he embarrasses you in many ways, we'll find a way around it. That's why we seek counsel. Mm-hmm. Sometimes fathers do cut off children. Oh. Children here, we all have entitlement mentality. That house he has at East Legon. The other one here, one day he tells you that the house at East Legon, I'm giving it to your church. <laughs> the one that it's uh, somewhere, it's giving to the to the to the to the to the home of the people who look after me through school. I've sent it to go to the best schools in the country. That's enough. You get scared and worried. Why? 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 You have an entitlement mentality. Many children do. As you are looking at me, now, most of you have entitlement mentality. You feel that you are entitled to certain things. Not so. Not so. That's why this. Obey. Obey. Obey him. 
when there are problems, you see counselors will solve it. A man was high up in Bank of uh, Ghana, right? You heard it yesterday. He sent his children out, all of them out, the boy and two girls. He went to the States. The boy didn't go to the school. He chopped all the money. He's on drugs. The father came back. He's cut him out of his life. Like, the son does not exist. So he said, so what do you do? Counselor said, he didn't do well. I said, what would he have done? You could have been so crushed that you would have gotten a stroke or whatever. He cut him off to minimize the pressure. Thank God the two daughters are doing well. Right? He cut him off. He cut him off. There are so many stories, but there's not much time. I should give opportunity to mother, police, right? There's not enough time. But parents have failed. Fathers have failed in many areas. They haven't stood as a priest in the home. As the prophet, releasing good things upon you. They haven't provided. Fathers are supposed to what? Provide. Provide. Provision includes security in the home. If a woman doesn't feel secure, she's, she's, that's when she'll be sleeping with men. Has no father figure. There's so many issues. And the mother will say, any man is sleeping, call her money. The values are also corrupted. Also corrupted. Also corrupted. And men, you see, when a woman is damaged, doubly damaged, the men, the men, we are potentially uh, predators. Do you know that? I talk to your feet, I know that you are, you are, you are uh, a prey. A very weak prey. You know why? I can, predators can smell the blood from your wounds. Do you hear me? Many men, because by nature we are predators, when the guys come around you, they can say that you, you, are, you are a likely prey. When they say your boundaries are strong, boundaries are strong, they know it. Hey, that girl, don't go near there. Don't take your nonsense there. But we know those who are weak, the boundaries are not there. Very likely there was no father figure. Or angry with the father. Or angry with the parents. They know. We know. We know. You can dissent to some extent that this girl, she's... Eh? Was it uh, Eastwood? He was here years back before he left. We didn't understand him. See some of you that they say that you're not beautiful. God was just protecting you. Against prayer. Now look at you. Can they call you again? Can they say again that you're not beautiful? You have, you have had some protection and the beauty God has placed in you is that manifesting. No woman is ugly. Oh. The beauty God has placed in you when he manifests, my, my, my. Those who are smart can see the beauty. Ellie. Daddy, this is the woman I want to marry. The mommy will say, the kind of woman I've been waiting for all these years. Not all those ashawo people you have been bringing. Like the story of this case. You bring that woman and say, the, the mother can descend. This is the woman. I know a case like that. The mother can say, this is the woman I've been waiting all along for you to bring. I accept her. Not the man that will say, when you go and sleep with the man. It be a public place now. A private place, eh? So the next question, how do you advise someone, someone whose resentment towards their parents prevents them from obeying and honoring their parents? Then another one, how should we deal with an absent father who has only returned to provoke his children? 
The questions are quite lengthy, so I want to read one more. Yes. So how do you advise someone whose resentment towards their parents prevents them from obeying and honoring their parents? Please let me read one more. <laughs> there are lots of questions. As Christians, we are striving for perfection. In situations of dishonoring parents, how do you fall in line with God's word after that? Yeah. In situations of dishonoring parents, how do you fall in line with God's word after that? Uh, the first one is that you have a friend who has a very bad relationship with the, with the, with the father, eh? And now, parents. with their parents, yeah. right? And now wants to heal. How do you advise such a person? So the first one was, I mean, I think the first one I heard was that the person has resentment against the parents yes. and is preventing you from obeying, obeying. them. Yes. Okay. So I go to Hebrews 12 because we are talking about Christian relationships and our standard is God's way. So Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says this. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see God. 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So it is telling you that the resentment is saying, don't allow it to grow. And if you look at 14, it says, make every effort. So, legitimately, things might have happened which makes you hurt. Legitimately, things have happened that makes you hurt. But here you are, you have recognized that it is preventing you from honoring your parents and obeying them. And this is a scripture we have read. So he talks about make an effort. So there's a pain and there's a hurt there. And I hear daddy said something. We said, some of it, when it gets to a point, you might need counseling and help. He said so. And so we have to look at that. But anytime somebody hurts you, our, our um, command is to forgive. And we kid you not. When we say forgive the person, we are not saying it is easy. There are times you have to forgive people with tears running down your eyes. With, I mean, kicking hands and kicking feet and telling God, I wish I'd can, I didn't have to forgive him. It hurts. But that is what God's word says. Because you see, the reason why God says we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger is that you give the devil a foothold. So the thing has happened and you are nursing it. And the devil keeps pumping the thing into your ears more. Then the resentment begins to grow. And that is where he says we shouldn't go. So the first thing, simple one would be, forgive them, ask God for help. And the scripture says, make an effort so that it won't grow. And then you make an effort to obey. If you think where this hurt has gotten to, it is too much and I cannot deal with it. Seek help. 
because you are preventing your inheritance from manifesting in your life. A simple way sometimes we have used, and I think the psychologist says it's called, is it catharsis or something? Sometimes you write it. And that's why prayer is good. Because sometimes prayer, you just scream the thing to God like that. But sometimes you write the pain and how you feel. Just pour it out onto a piece of paper. Pray and tear it up. Sometimes it can help you to take some of the heat out. But if all that is too much and you can't, then you seek counseling and help. Because not obeying your parents is not an option for your own good. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. But what you are saying is that already the bitterness has taken root. So what do you do? Now the bitterness, the, the spirit of bitterness, that's a spirit though. It's taking root. You might need to seek counsel. And sometimes see somebody that you can trust. Who can approach your parents. You know, in our African setting, when your father does something to you which is not correct, or he slaps you in front of your aunties and uncles. You know what happens? One, he has humiliated you. He has. But then they'll ask you to go. When they go, your uncles and aunties will ask him, oh, Papa, why did you do that? It was very uncalled for. He may defend himself in many ways. They'll say, no, 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 no. You have failed. You have failed. You haven't treated our son well. It's wrong. No matter what you think, it is wrong. They talk to him in a way that he would accept that he was in the wrong. They may call the, the child and talk to him separately. and say, what your father did was not right. But in an African setting, you don't rebuke the father in front of the, the, the child. But you call the child and say, look, what your father did was wrong. He shouldn't have done what he did. He slapped you in our presence. Why? It is not right. He slapped you in the presence of your friend. It is not right. I don't endorse it. I will talk to him. Let's see what he can do. On your part, write down how you felt. Write it down. And send to him. That you have forgiven him. Don't let it stay long. But the case I know what the woman, her whole life, she felt her whole destiny has been uh, truncated. She moved in the wrong direction because of something that happened. The father would not talk to her, right? Every end of year, after uh, watch night, you come and kneel before the father, asking for forgiveness. You say, you, so not mind her. For years, her life was so disrupted, she left the country and came back. By the time she came back, <coughs> The father wasn't very healthy again. So yesterday, eh? Wasn't healthy again. So they needed a carer for the father. So she became a carer to the father. How? Now he's not a strong man he thought he had always been. And now the daughter that he treated like and cut off is now his carer. She made sure he felt it in any food that he cooked for him. Anytime he, she cleaned him, she made sure she, she did everything with resentment in her heart. She blamed the father for everything. One day the father called me and said, oh, I want to give this plot of land to you, to so and so, your niece, so that your cousin, so that she put up a store there and sell whatever she wants. 
that the father will. But she didn't realize what was happening. That the father was now feeling sorry and bad for the way her life went. So he's trying to do something about it. Offered her land. Money to put up a, uh, a store. You also sell something and do something with your future. She took it. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Just like that. She took it. Thank you. The resentment was still there. Even when she's cleaning the father. Hey, the resentment was there. One day the father called me. I don't want my daughter to clean me. Please find me a carer who will take care of me. Let somebody else cook for me. I said, hey, this assignment you have given me is too much. Right? You see, when we say things like this, some people break down. Not too long we're breaking down in, the, in God's presence, right? Because God can put something good in you, right? She didn't see it. She never let go. So I talked to her siblings. I feel sorry for her. Blah, blah, blah. He said, hey, don't feel sorry for her. There are reasons why the father behaved the way he did. Her uncle and co came in and also supported the father the way he did. That means that nobody agreed with her. And that issues in this state today is because of her. Do you hear me? Eh? So the resentment that she felt was misplaced. The resentment against my, my, my parents is such that I don't know what to do again. What do you do? How did that resentment come up? She was doing the wrong thing in this case. How did it come up? We always excuse ourselves and then blame others. So we blame our parents too. Hmm? The man who's taking the money in the States refused to go to school. It's not a drug addict. You might blame the father for sending him to the States. The father just cut him off. A very bad investment. I don't want to think of, about him as my, my son. Bro. He won't say he's wrong. I don't know. What could he have done? If he didn't do that, he might have died before we heard about it. So she must do something about it. Here in this auditorium, uh, Family Life Week, right? Some lady came up. Eh, I didn't like my mother. She never, I wasn't close to her. She went on complaining and complaining. Now that I'm okay, she wants to come and have a good relationship with me. I don't feel like that towards her, but my auntie instead. So what do I do? Please. Somebody gallop from here. A lady, oh. She galloped from here. She sat somewhere there. She went, came here, Papa, picked the mic. I said, hey, you're an adult now. You're an adult now. Do you hear me? Go and heal the relationship. Go and heal it. She's your mother. Go back, go back and heal it. Case closed. And the person who got up, I know her. She told me a lot about her background. So she told me, hey, wake up. Don't give us it. We are still a child. Get out of and heal it and stop behaving as if uh, your mother owes you. You owe her more. Thank you, the relationship. That's why we need strong fathers. All right, so please, because of time, I'm going to assign questions to each person. And thankfully, there are four questions, but two of them are alike. So, so the first two goes to go to Mrs. Akulache. Can a child correct his or her parents? Then the other one that's similar. Is it right for a child to respectfully admonish a parent who isn't walking in the Lord? Then this one goes to Mr. Akulache. 
What is your advice for a child who is not from a strong Christian home with values? How does one turn around and clean the mess and start a new home with Christ as the foundation, since you do not have a model? The last one goes to Mrs. Dake. How do parents disciple their children when they are not living together? Okay. Can a child correct his or her parents? And then the similar one is, is it right for a child to respectfully admonish a parent who isn't walking in the Lord? Okay. Um, I would say, in a way, it is okay to correct your parent. Um, respectfully and um, where you, you feel it is not according to um, where the word of God and your parents are trying to move you offline I feel it's, it's okay to draw the attention to the fact that oh like uh, Mr. Kolache said, maybe it's not in line with the core values of your home. So you can respectfully say that, ah, mommy, this and this and this and this. We are not supposed to uh, do this in, in our home. So then you draw your mom's attention back uh, to that. So for me, I think it, it's okay. We, we are supposed to build each other up uh, because we are all in the same relationship with uh, God. And we are all studying the Bible together. So like maybe doing Bible study and then your parents say something about the scripture that you feel, mm, this one, you, you can bring it up easily. So it is okay. For me, I think it's okay. Once it's in line with uh, God's, God's way. Thank you. Please, shall I read out yours again? Yes, correcting your appearance. Be careful, though. <laughs> Be careful. Mm -hmm. I think they know that you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So I know a case where a man was, was serving his father. The father had sent them all to London. The father was talking about uh, the, the something that came about how he was he was he was treating his, the son's grandfather. That is his father. Son said, "Daddy, joking with you, but he was still sending the message across. That the way you are treating grandfather, the same way I also treat you. <laughs> Jokingly, right? But he sent the message across. So how you correct your parents or seniors? Their ways. You must develop the the style, eh?" The, uh, the swag, eh? the, the lexicon, the swag, right? You don't just drop it, bang, 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 right? You say, hey, daddy. Hey. Mm. Oh, daddy. So you collected the, the engagement, uh, or the, uh, the engagement drinks and blah, blah, blah for my, my cousin, Julia. Hey, daddy. Hey. Daddy, so if it was me, would you tolerate it if your brother collected the engagement drink 
on your behalf without your permission, that you will, will shut up. Because traditionally, he knows that no person is permitted to collect the engagement things on my behalf unless I've given that person the permission. Traditional African. But he would think about it. This particular case, the old, the old man came and saw me. I took him on. He said, you know what? Everything we are talking about here is being fair. Right? That is a fair. The law of, uh, they call the human nature then. C.S. Lewis. You are being fair. The way I treat you, the same way I expect that you treat me. The law of human nature. Trying to be fair. And God is into it. Every time we are unfair, it is, it is, it is, excuse me, it is stupid to be unfair. I'm not making any effort to be fair. I think you write that one down. I said, I do think it's fair if it was you. Place the person in your position and see. Same way, if you can, as much as you can, place yourself in the shoes of your parents, right? And see whether if you were there. You may not be able to do it much, right? But God wants us to treat people as we wish that they would treat us. So place him there. And then if you need counsel, find out from those who know who advise you better. So you modify your stand, right? When we have a misunderstanding with anybody, including our parents, all we are saying that, Daddy, Mommy, you are not what? Fair. And then you say that, or Mommy will say that, look, the situation in which we found ourselves is not a normal situation. The reason why it appears I'm not fair is because of so, so, and so. To try to be fair because it is stupid, excuse me, not to be fair and not make efforts to be fair. Right? So, what's the purpose for wanting to correct your father? For what? Ask yourself your motive, right? From a, from a heart that is hurt. Now my question, what do you say? Your, your parents are not together. No. Uh-huh. That, no, that's not yours. <laughs> What's your advice for a child who is not from a strong Christian home? Strong. Yeah, Christian home with values. How does one turn around and clean the mess and start a new home with Christ as the foundation since you do not have a model? All right. You do have models. Some of us, some of the principles that we hold on to now, we didn't have them illustrated from our homes. But there are illustrations all over, right? There's a married counselor couple. I admire the man so much. He's from a broken home. He cannot stand to see a married break. The married broke, his father broke up with the mother and he hurt him so much. He missed opportunities. But today, when he talks, when he starts talking, he can't end. He will follow you and help you in your marriage so yours doesn't break. Do you understand? We have illustrations all around and in the church as well. So we join various groups, various help, helping groups. Hmm. A couple lost their child. They went and saw Pastor Fred. Or they lost their pregnancy. Pastor Fred said, okay, okay. But have you seen uh, so-so-and-so couple in the church? I think uh, uh, they can help you more than me. I'm your head pastor, but what they have gone through, you'll be better off joining them. Have a better uh, 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 fellowship with them. You can compare your experiences and help each other. So now, there are so many illustrations. Your parents' illustration might fail. Our generation, our parents were all polygamous and all those things, right? It gives us no excuse that those values were not established in our home. I will follow all those uh, lapses. There are illustrations all over, right in the church. They can help you. They can help you. Amen. 
So mine is about how can you disciple children when the couple are not living together? Yes. yes okay. Yes. So, so this is a question from the child's standpoint, yes. isn't it? Okay, so you definitely are living with one of them. So if you are living with one of them, I mean, this question is a, one of the tricky questions because the child is not supposed to be the one who should do the discipling. It is the parent. So maybe it should come from a parent's perspective and say, how do we disciple our children when we have separated? I'll answer it from that perspective because as a child, you cannot be the one to force your parents to disciple you. If you are in that state and you have a parent who cannot disciple you, I think our father just said something. In the church, there's opportunity for discipleship. There have been people who have come from heathen homes. When I say heathen, pagan parents. Can they disciple them? No. But they have turned around to be children of God and have been discipled in the church. So when we say go to come for youth meeting, go for um, uh, cell meeting, those are opportunities for discipleship. But let's come to where you have a broken home. You are a parent. How do you disciple your church, ch children? The child living with me, I'm, I have to disciple that child. How do I give something I do not have? So I come back to who you are. You should be a child of God. And then the best, you know, discipleship, those who have studied the Greek and the Hebrew says like apprenticeship. And apprenticeship, apart from what you hear, you see your master do, and you do am like that. It no be so. It be so. So one of the ways to disciple our children, for me, the most powerful one, is how we live in the home. How we live in the Christian, in, I mean, at home with our children, living, um, he said something, Father said something about hang their values in the home. That is what God told the Israelites, that these laws I give to you, follow them yourselves first. Let them be in your heart. Then hang them on your doorposts. When your children lie down, see it. Wake up, see it. But it starts with you obeying it yourself as a parent and letting it be in your heart and modeling it. And the children pick it. You can say all they don't do, don't do, don't do. Get up and pray, get up and... Then it becomes like a road. The other day, the children were telling me something about a child, a, 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 a lady, a man of their mates, whose parents are reverend ministers. And the child appears to be turning the corner in the right di wrong direction. And they were saying that they feel that the child has been pressurized to live a certain kind of life. And she is breaking out of it. You cannot pressurize anybody. God Himself gave us a free will. And so, as a parent, you show the way and you model it. The modeling is the most powerful version of it. And so, whilst you have the child in your home, teach the child the ways of the Lord. I mean, Reinforce what we come to learn at church. Let the child come to children's service. Let them come, come to teen service and all that. But as a parent, the best form of discipleship for your children is modeling, living the life that we are supposed to live as children of God. And if as a youth, without a child, you are not modeling the Christian life. 
You are not being the light and the salt. Forget it. Coming to say I do will not change it. At every stage in life, we are supposed to just model who we are as children of God. And that way, every phase of your life, you will be discipling other people, including your children, and you'll be amazed at what the children pick as they see us live out what we profess to be living. Amen. Amen. Oh, you can do it better. Let's, let's clap. Hallelujah. So, we are, it's two, we've closed. But before we close, we'll take just some closing remarks before we close. If the panelists have a closing remark for, for the session, before we close. Mrs. Dake, Mr. Kolache, Mrs. Akolache, any closing remark? Probably there's a question or probably we didn't even mention any question. You were expecting us to go a certain tangent. We didn't pass there. You have some words for us. Probably you can, you can bring it up in the closing remark as we close. Um, I, I, what I want to say is um, maybe in your anger towards your father, you might tend to say something which is not uh, uh, good. And then your parents, to my intent, say something that you feel, mm, this thing that my, my parent or my father has said, if I don't deal with it, it might worry me in future. So with that, I think you can respectfully rebuke it there and then. Don't wait for it to hang in the, in the air because words are powerful. And then afterwards, you go back to your father and say that, oh, you are sorry for the way you reacted and all that. But then by that time, you would have dealt with that negative uh, utterance already. Thank you. I've learned that in every group, sometimes the topmost people have big problems that you don't see on their faces, right? I have somebody... When I became a Christian, I didn't know anything, but nothing was entering. But I knew Google. But Christian, like nothing was entering me. The person would speak and preach, and then things would happen to me. I said, who else could have, who told this man about my situation? The Lord himself told him about my situation. And then he would give me the answer. We're preaching the sermon. They just say, listen. And he'll make a comment. That comment addresses my specific situation, right? I still have a relationship with that person. That person is a very difficult situation. If you inside people are in such difficult situations, how much more we here? Some are in very difficult situations. We let the praise and worship. Where is, where is she, my friend? Is that you? Praise and worship. You now, you, I know you, my friend. You used to work in the office, I know you very well. And then you also led very well. Eh? I heard all of that. You would not know what is happening to me in the counselor when you go and see the counselor. 
You wouldn't know what's happening to even the head pastor or the bishop. He may have some parenting issues. The child has gone away, turned in the wrong direction. You will not know from the face. The marriage has serious challenges and some serious marriage, some very uh, marriage of very key Christians break, break down, right? Hmm? They may have financial situations that they don't see a solution to. The child may say, I'm not interested in church again. Went to London. They don't believe in church again. They believe in LGBTQI. You don't know what the, the, the pastor or the leader is going through. So here, people going through similar things. People are going to them. In your homes, right? They're going to them. The church is a clinic. Hallelujah. The clinic, you have to tell your problems to the person. Who is the clinician, right? You tell it to Jesus Christ. Amen. You tell it to Jesus Christ. Hmm? When we touch on these things, people break down. Today, when I got here, I got a message. He said, you know what? The message you have sent to me, this song, I must tell Jesus. I can't bear it alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I can't. Some of you, your homes, the marriage between your father and your mother, the parenting style in your home, the consequences to you in your own life because of what happened in your homes. You are blaming your parents. Sometimes it goes beyond your parents, your grandparents, or great-grandparents. Jesus Christ is an advocate before the Father. Hallelujah. He's also the high priest of our confession before the Father. So whatever we have said here, if it hits you in a particular area, you have to come before the Lord. Before we leave here. You know, if you want to come and see us, fine. If you don't want to come, no, 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 we won't force you. We don't force you. If you feel that that's telling Jesus, it's okay, just do so. If you feel you'll come back later on, we don't mind. Right? We want to see you healed. You must tell Jesus. You can't bear it alone. You must tell Jesus. Jesus alone. He's your advocate before the Father. Hallelujah. He's the high priest of your confession. So say it before him. These are my concluding words. Amen. Amen. It's amazing his concluding words. This is my concluding words. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. Can we sing that song? And that's my concluding words. Those are my concluding words. Let's look at the words. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege. To, I've missed a few lines, isn't it? To carry everything to God in prayer. So we've said a few things. We've answered a few questions. But at the end of the day, this is a a small bit of what the issues are. Every one of them, let's carry it to God in prayer. And he will take the burdens away, sometimes through directions on where to go and how to handle it. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, how sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often fall 
to the pdyc podcast we trust that this message has brought great transformation your way connect with us on our instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts at this point we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to jesus if you do not yet know jesus christ practically as your savior and lord Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from destruction and from aborting my purpose on earth. Please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today. Wow, congratulations! If you said this prayer to the Lord from your heart, you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today. You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.